Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Isaiah, with part two of this message entitled, Jesus Christ, the Lord of History. Preach December the 1st, 2002. Shall we turn to the book of Isaiah, the 14th chapter, the first three verses. The Lord will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he will choose Israel and will settle them in their own land. Aliens will join them and unite with the house of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them to their own place. And the house of Israel will possess the nations as men servants and maidservants in the Lord's land. They will make captive of their captors and rule over their oppressors. On the day the Lord gives you relief from suffering and turmoil and cruel bondage. On the day the Lord gives you relief, that is, rest. Now, this morning we spoke about the pride of Babylon. And Babylon represents the arrogance of the world's kingdoms from the beginning of history to the end of history. Babylon is anti-kingdom. Babylon is against God and his plans and his purposes. Babylon opposes Christ. Babylon is anti-God, anti-kingdom, anti-Christ. Babylon is interested in self-deification. But we learn it's not going to happen. It is an attempt of utter futility. So point number two is that Christ casts Babylon down every time. Because that is the plan of God. And we spoke about the power of God to do the job. And we dealt with God's own direct involvement in history to do that job. And so we read in chapter 14, I will rise up against them. I will cut off them. I will turn her into a place of four owls. It is utter devastation and desolation and destruction. There is no plan for a remnant to be saved. I will sweep her with the broom of destruction. I will crush the Assyrian. And we spoke about God's determination to pour out his wrath. And that wrath appears four times in chapter 13. And he commands and kingdoms of the world come together. And we certainly fulfilled that Medo-Persian invasion into the gates of Babylon. Literally took place. Isn't that something? When God calls, they come. They come on their own. He stirs up the mead. He calls Cyrus by name. He 
we read 150 years before his birth. That's what our God is. And we said sinners, he will destroy them. Not just sin, he destroys sinners. Let's not have some kind of funny idea that he is against sin, but he loves me. Doesn't work. And you notice that these brutal people thrusting through men who are running. They are not interested in gold or silver. They are brutal. They ravish women. They destroy infants. That is the way they are. People are doing whatever they are doing. And God said, I'll make them like Sodom and Gomorrah, the God's paradigm for judgment. And we read hyenas, jackals, and owls will live in the luxurious palaces of Babylon. And I said, you go uh, to Iraq if they let you in, and you will see that the ancient site of Babylon is in such desolation. And I said, Saddam Hussein, his great ambition is to build Iraq into the former pomp and glory. That's what he's interested in. But God is the Lord of history and what he's doing and what Bush is doing, somebody else is doing, it is all within that God-ordained plan. (laughs) But let me tell you, I'm not nervous, I'm not anxious of jihadist Wahhabi Muslims and the Hezbollahs and and Jamal Ishmael or whatever these people are, not in the least afraid of them. What is the reason? Jesus Christ is the Lord of history and he is committed to save his people and judge those who are unable to submit to him. I don't walk about nervous and anxious. I believe that Jesus Christ is sovereign Lord of the universe. And not only Iraq and Iran and North Korea and Syria, Lebanon, PLO, Saudi Arabia. Not only these people are crazy. But the terrible tragedy that took place in in the Western world is their rejection of God. They mock God They hate him with a perfect hatred. Let us not whitewash ourselves. And I am really surprised at God's mercy upon this country in the Western world. So let's turn to chapter 2. Let me me just read. I want to read to you God's determination to put every arrogant man down. Aragon family, Aragon nation, Aragon tribe, Aragon United Nation. God is determined to do it. He hates, he opposes the proud. Whether you are an individual or a family or a tribe or a nation. And so this determination is revealed to us in chapter 2. And uh, look at verse 9 very quickly. You have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob. No, so man will be brought low. You see, he's always aspiring. He's always ascending. He wants to be a competitor of God. And he says that in his heart, I will ascend. I will make my throne on the top of the clouds. So this is verse 9. So man will be brought low. 
Let me tell you, every person who listens to me, that's his purpose, his plan. Who can annul it, thwart it, frustrate it? So man will be brought low and mankind humbled. Do not forgive them. Verse 11, chapter uh, 2. The eyes of the arrogant man will be what? Humbled. Take a look at that. It may be speaking about you. I don't know. Your heart. And the pride of men brought low. The Lord alone, notice, will be exalted in that day. Solely Deo Gloria. To God alone be glory. To the praise of the glory of his wisdom, his justice. And so everything is going to contribute to his praise. To the praise of his glorious grace. Verse 17 of chapter 2. The arrogance of man will be brought low. And the pride of men humbled. The Lord, the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. It's a repetition in the same chapter. So the divine purpose and plan is seen right there. Turn to chapter 5 and verse 15. So man will be brought low and mankind humbled. The eyes of the arrogant humbled. And turn to chapter 13 and verse 11. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. Let's be very, no wonder the book of Proverbs and James and First Peter speaks the same thing. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And may God help us to be humble. To be humble. And so, in the 21st chapter of Isaiah, this is a profound statement. Verse 9. Look, here comes a man in a chariot with a team of horses. And he gives back the answer. What is the news? Babylon has fallen, has fallen it is falling all the time in the history of the world. But there is a final falling. The eschatological Babylon will fall also. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening, maddening wine of her adulteries. Chapter 16 and verse 19. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. He thrusts into the hand of Babylon. This is the cup of the fury of my wrath. Take it and what? Drink it to the very dregs. Oh, we people want a nice God. He's a God of love and he's a God of justice. And turn with me to chapter 18. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority and earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice, he shouted. What is it? <laughs> 
Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit. A haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. You see, uh, this writer is harking back upon uh, Isaiah's uh, prophecy. And so let me tell you, God will deal with the eastern arrogance and what? The western arrogance. He will deal with the arrogance of those also in his church. You read Revelation chapter 2 and 3. You will see a great threatening coming from this resurrected Lord who holds the keys of hell and death. But praise be to God who he says, repent, 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 humble yourself, etc. So Eastern arrogance, Western arrogance, world arrogance, but also he deals with the arrogance in the church. The shenaniganism, the deceit and the false promises and the false everything else. No, no, no. In the midst of us, there is God who sees all things. He is against all pride. All attempt of creature to be God is against it. And finally, Christ saves his people. And that is what we read in chapter 14. If Jesus Christ could not defeat all his enemies, and if Jesus Christ could not put down Babylon, and the spirit of Babylon. Then he could not save his people from their sins. But Jesus Christ is God Almighty. He came to this world to save his people. And he saves his people by crushing the head of the serpent. The personal power behind all evil men and nations. He destroys Babylon by the revelation of his just wrath. But he saves Jerusalem in his grace and compassion. And that is what chapter 14 is all about. Take a look at it. The Lord will have compassion on Jacob. So first, uh, let me put it this way. First, it says, um, once again, he will choose Israel. He'll have compassion on Israel once again. And he will choose Israel. You see, there was, there is no such plan for any other nation. But he has that plan for, for Israel, for Jacob, for God's people. So first, he chooses Israel. And let's praise God for choosing. That's his eternal determination, plan, purpose. And he will not change that. Isn't that wonderful? See, we, we plan and we purpose and then we change our mind. But he will not change his mind. He chooses Israel. Number two is he shows compassion on Israel. Oh, he should be, he should be showing wrath against us. The wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. But praise be to God, that is not the only thing that is revealed. What else is revealed? <laughs> the righteousness of God, which means the salvation of God, which means the grace of God also is being revealed. And it is yours if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. So he chooses Israel. He shows compassion uh, to Israel. Number three. What else? He settles them in their own land. That's wonderful, isn't it? You see, they were in, in captivity. They are brought back into their own land. The meek shall what? Inherit the earth. And brought back to their own land. He settles you. Hallelujah. 
And number four, it says Israel will possess the nations. That's wonderful. You know, we think Babylon is great and powerful, mighty, United Nations, all these people, all these unbelieving professors and and powerful politicians. The church begins to shrink into nothing. Wait a minute, there is coming a day when Israel will possess the nations. That's wonderful. Number five. Her captors are now her captives. And number six. Verse three. On the day the Lord gives you what? And the word is rest. He gives you what? Rest. Number six. He gives rest. From what? From suffering. From turmoil. From cruel bondage. That's what happens to people who put their trust in Jesus Christ. They are liberated from the shackles put on them by the devil. From the kingdom of Satan. uh, They are translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And number seven. And verse 4, it says what? And you will take up this taunt, this song against the Babylon. And that's, that's what happened. We are going to sing, isn't that it? And uh, here is the content, the stanzas. For you are singing. What is it? Fallen, fallen, Babylon is fallen. God has defeated all his enemies and has taken you uh, Hostages, you are you are taken out of that. What is singing? Horse and the rider, what? Thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord. And that's what Christian life is all about. It's a glorious celebration of this fact that God chose us, God showed compassion upon us, God settled us in his country, God gave us possession of nation (laughs) our captors are our captives resist the devil and he shall flee from you (laughs) that's amazing isn't that the power God has given to us (laughs) and the Lord gives her rest hallelujah he said come unto me all who you are weary and heavily heavy laden (laughs) that's the result of the your servitude to Satan you know weariness and heavy laden Worn out, come unto me, I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. He is our peace. He is our rest. And so church is singing. We are singing. When we sing, we are singing to in celebration of God's salvation. Let's turn to Jeremiah 50. Jeremiah 50 and 51 deals with the same subject of Babylon. And uh, let me read to you something that will excite you in the true sense of the term. I hope you will look at Jeremiah 50, beginning 19 and 20. Let me read it to you. But I will bring Israel back to his own pasture. He will graze on Carmel and Bashan. And we were there on Carmel and Bashan. His appetite will be what? (laughs) Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. (laughs) They'll be what? Satisfied, filled. In those days at that time, declares the Lord. Now listen. Search will be made for Israel's guilt. (laughs) I don't know who is searching. Search will be made 
It will be a thorough search. But there will be none. Oh. Your guilt is. Buried. In the ocean. And there is a sign. No fishing. What this is amazed. This is what salvation is. This is what justification is. This is forgiveness of all sins. Covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't it? Search will be made. Sir, go ahead, search. If you know doctrine, then you will say, nobody will find it. In those days at that time, declares the Lord, and that time came when Jesus Christ came, died on the cross. (laughs) Search will be made for Israel's guilt, but there will be none, and for the sins of Judah, but none will be found. For I will forgive the remnant I spare. He should have been destroyed and wiped out and killed and burned up. We were what? Spare. Spare. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. Spared. We are the spared ones. I mean if you understand the gospel it is exciting. The word excite means you stand out of yourself. That's what it means. And when you get uh, these uh, <clears throat> letters asking for money, and the first letter is, I have exciting news for you. That means I want to, I want to get money from you. <laughs> but this is the real exciting. It is wonder of wonders. We stand out from ourselves and look upon us. It's unbelievable. But believe it. It's true. Turn to um, the 34th verse of ch- chapter 50 of Jeremiah. Yet the Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He will vigorously defend their cause. So that he may bring a rest. To their land. And but. But what? Let us understand. There is rest. And there is unrest. And those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You receive rest. Those who are arrogant, those who are filled with the spirit of Babylon, they will not trust in him and they will be given what? Unrest. And God is working that they will get unrest and you will get what? Rest. Not only the wrath of God is being revealed, but also the righteousness of God, the salvation of God, the compassion of God is being revealed. A sinner can now be saved. Through Jesus Christ. Oh it's very simple when you read the Bible. Let me tell you. It says repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says humble yourselves. And call upon the name of the Lord. It says kiss the son. It says confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you shall be saved. It says flee Babylon. Come to Jerusalem. Babylon is about to be destroyed. But you can get out of that place. Get out. Get out, just like Lot got out. Lord, got out. God is speaking to us. Get out. Flee Babylon. Trust in Jesus Christ. And you'll be saved. Salvation is found in Jerusalem. Salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ only. Lord of the nations and head of the church. And he says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the favorable year of jubilee. Let me tell you, it is the satanic 
pride that keeps a man a woman a child from surrendering and trusting in Jesus Christ who cries out to you come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden i'll give you rest many have come to him many are coming to him today he calls you over oh, a beautiful song of the gospel he calls you will you not come to him and be saved from the wrath to come proverbs 3 and 34 says he mocks he mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble and james the lord's brother says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble Peter the apostle says humble therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may what exalt you in due season God has chosen us God has shown compassion to us God has settled us God has given us rest hallelujah Heavenly Father we pray that you help us now to come with great understanding of the gospel as searches made for the guilt of people of God but God hid it under his blood and our guilt cannot be found we will remember it no more thank you oh god for salvation thank you for compassion thank you for choosing thank you for showing mercy to us thank you for sparing us in the name of Jesus amen you have been listening to grace and glory audio presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.